0: Well, good morning. Uh, I'm Jim, and I'm one of the leaders here. It's a real privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, before I get started, I just want to offer, if anyone likes fruit, then there is a, a, some fr- a fruit bowl down here, because if you're a bit warm or you just like to, you know, you might need some sustenance through my talk, so they get a bit boring. So if you want some fruit, then please come and grab some. It is first come, first serve, so um, don't all rush at once. But if you, generally, if you do want some fruit, there's some fruit there. Also, Lewis... You just can't help but serve, can you? You literally turned up. You're straight on the camera. Thank you. You doing all right? Good. Fantastic. Awesome. So as you'll know, our motto text this year, has been taken from Ezekiel 47, verse 9, which says, wherever the river flows, everything will... I'll try to keep it simple for you this time, so you can remember the whole thing. Wherever the river flows, everything will live. And we've been looking at the vision of God's kingdom in Ezekiel 47, those those first 12 verses and uh, Ezekiel shows us an amazing vision of this future kingdom and uh, it represents, the temple represents God's presence God's presence has come back, if you know Ezekiel, the book of it God's presence has come back into the temple but also we know from reading it, we did this as a my text in January, that the water from the river flows, doesn't it, from underneath the temple yeah? Do you remember that? Church? I'm going to need involvement, because it's not going to work without any involvement right, so you see Ezekiel, thanks Richard, I can see that I, You see Ezekiel being led by this heavenly host through the waters that are getting deeper and deeper, ankle depth, knee depth, waist depth, and then chest depth, etc. And it's an amazing kind of uh, foreshadow of God's presence with us as well. In the New Testament, you see Jesus' blood that's poured out And that when his blood goes to people, it renews them and it brings life as well. We've been learning that we are the temple of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit is in us as well. So there's kind of these three stages. And I taught on that God's presence has come to us, through us, and flows from us. Do you remember that? To us, through us, from us. Fantastic. So we've been on this journey of getting used to what it is to follow the river. And the thing with the river is it takes you where it wants to go. You don't tell it where it wants to go. It takes you where... It wants you to go. The river runs quickly sometimes, the river runs slowly sometimes, the river runs deeper often until its furthest destination and I've loved over the last over the last few months in particular hearing people's stories of how they felt the Spirit has been leading them from talking to their gardener about Jesus to wanting to share a word or preaching on a Sunday on the platform. And Can I just say I know we've not done a sermon series if you like for uh, some time but I've been amazed by what God has been doing through individual speakers as they've stepped up here. I don't give them any, any help. <laughs> I don't tell them what to say. I don't, t- I don't give them anything. I'm just, I'm just trusting that the Lord will speak to them. And I've been, hopefully you've seen the common threads and the themes that God, I believe, has been talking to us as a church, of which this is one of them. And we've seen people get baptized. We had five baptisms earlier in the year, which is amazing, as the Spirit was saying, step out. Step out, be committed to me. We've got two or three already in mind for October, so if you want to get baptised, we've got a date in October for that as well. Seeing people stepping into leadership, even Emily just here, taking on the Alpha course. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah? You can clap her, that's good. Just feeling that she has a passion for seeing people know Jesus, which I hope we all do, uh, and wanting to help lead that in some particular way. It's fantastic to see it. I think we've seen a stirring of the Spirit in our services together as well, which is a bit nerve-wracking for some people, but don't worry, God is good. He's a loving God. Even some of the people that come up to share stuff some of you are thinking, oh no, not again. <laughs> some of you are thinking, oh, they always say the same thing. All right? I believe God has given spiritual gifts to people. And I think some people are connected through the Spirit in certain ways. In fact, I believe God uses people, like Rachel said, to speak to us as a church. And this is the kind of culture that we want to encourage. We can't pretend that only I know it all, or only Rachel knows it all, or that elders know it all. We have to understand that as a body of a Christ, we've all been given spiritual gifts. And I think prophetic for some people is a way in which they have a spiritual gift. So please be encouraged that we do kind of know what's going on. <laughs> we do talk to people and hear what they have to share from, from the Lord. But it's, it's an opportunity for us to be encouraged and edified as a church. Last week, I think you'll agree, James did an amazing job. On the talk unforgivable sin. I met with him this week and I, I just wanted to feedback some of the feedback that I got. I don't think he heard it or it was amazing. But he looks at one characteristic of the Holy Spirit, which was that one of the characteristics or the main ministries of the Spirit is to bring conviction, it's to bring you to a place where you recognize that you need Jesus Christ. That you need Jesus Christ. He talked about quenching the Spirit as well. When I spoke at Pentecost, I talked about how the Holy Spirit was given and empowered people to go and to give and live the gospel. To go and share the gospel, the good news as well. So I was thinking, what is the next stop along the river today? There you go. What's this next stop along the river today? What are we looking at today in terms of the spirit? And at first I thought perhaps it is spiritual gifts. I thought maybe that's where we're headed. And um, I believe, as I said, that the the spirit has given us all gifts and it's there to glorify God, to display God's goodness, but to build up the church as well. And uh, if you remember last year, you were with us last year, there was a guy with us called Keith for a while. And he had this little phrase that has stuck with me, which is that we're not a cruise ship, we're a warship, right? And often with our nice comfy chairs, we can treat our faith like we're on a cruise ship. Ah, we're just bobbing along you know, get all the entertainment, all the lights and the music and everything else. But actually, if we all to understand our function, our spiritual gifts, we function even better as the body of Christ. Do you believe that? Good, but I'm not speaking on that today. <laughs> We will speak on that. I believe we'll have a little series at some point. I don't know when. I'm waiting for the Lord to kind of really download that. Um, but today, back to today, what we're going to do today, it's one verse, so I'm really sorry if you like a long passage to look at. We'll, we'll do other sermons like that in the future. Don't panic. We're at the end of Ezekiel 47, verse 12. I'll give it some context by reading verse 9 through to 12, and you should recognize the motto text in here as well. So Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9 to 12. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be a large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedai to En Eglame. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing. Amen. If you know know us, me, the Privet family, you'll know that we're not very good with plants. This is one of our plants. I planted that. So it's not Abbey, it's me as well. I planted that. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you. We're not very good at anything garden-related or keeping things alive. The kids are fine. Don't panic. But um, flowers, stuff like that, we're not very good at it. Abby got amazing peonies. She loves peonies. She got some amazing peonies last year from her mother-in-law. Managed to kill them as well. Fantastic. Good stuff. Um, We're not really very good at gardening, but we do know a healthy garden when we see one. It's usually not ours. It's usually someone else's right you you should all see a house you should know when you've got a good garden right usually you see flowers you see might see fruit you might see like greenery it looks beautiful doesn't it those who don't know this name some of you but there's a guy called Viv who's been part of the church for a long time whose garden is phenomenal and Viv if you're in the other building which you are well done that's a great garden I'm very jealous I'm not jealous but you know teach me um good roots leads to healthy produce yeah Good roots, you see it. You see there's an outward function of it. And that's something I want to look at today. What, is the, what are the healthy signs of a spiritual life, of a spirit-led life? Because inevitably, the spirit is leading us to become more like Jesus and also to adopt his mission. Because that is primary what Jesus did. He wants you to become more like him and to get on his mission. We talked a little bit about this this morning in our prayer time. You know, There's an urgency to this. It was amazing last week, you might not know, but someone put their hand up to receive Jesus for the first time. That's beautiful, right? Salvation. Do we live with that urgency of understanding that the Holy Spirit's, one of the many, many Holy Spirit's responsibilities for us is to actually, for us to grow more like Jesus and to be passionate about his mission. So I hope today that's something that you feel challenged by maybe, or maybe this will act as a bit of a spiritual health check for you. There's a few symbols that I kind of want to unpack from that verse. The first one we've been talking about anyway, but I wanted to go over it again. is the river. So this Ezekiel vision of the river, you see it throughout Scripture. You see it at the end of Scripture as well. You see it right at the beginning in Genesis. In Revelation 22, verse 1 to 3, it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, Yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. In Genesis 2, you see this garden that is being watered by the river. This transformation, this growth that this river is bringing. In John 7, you know that Jesus is the living water. He says that you have rivers of living water living in you. Rushing up within you if you say yes to him. So we know that the symbol of this river is the Spirit. But the Spirit's job in these pictures are to bring restoration. We're we're coming back to what God meant at the start. Do you believe that? I hope you do. Perhaps that's new for you. Revelation is a great kind of reflection of what God intended in the first place. It's incredible intimacy. So the Holy Spirit, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is for us to be restored and to grow, to to become more like Christ. Also, as we go out, is to bring restoration to a world that needs it and to see it grow as well. Hold on to that thought. These are the three main things that I wanna to unpack today. Trees, leaves, and fruit, okay? It's not very deep, but you should hopefully get something from it. Trees, trees, leaves, and fruit. So we see healthy trees growing next to this life-giving river, drawing up the nutrients, the goodness from it, sustaining life all year round, producing fruit every single month, and it never dies. These are healthy, rooted trees. But what is the significance of these trees? What are they? Who are they? What are they? What do they represent? In Psalm 1, 1 to 3, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. He, she, is like a tree planted by streams of water, that yields fruit in its season, and its leaf never withers. In Jeremiah 17, it says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out roots by the stream it does not fear when heat comes its leaves are always green it has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit so in Ezekiel's kingdom vision the trees are us okay we are the trees turn to someone and say I am a tree (laughs) do it (laughs) let it root just accept it, you're a tree Otherwise, this doesn't work. Say <laughs> so I'm a tree. Good. Fantastic. Now, now you know you're a tree. What kind of tree are you? Okay. This is not a, this is not a starter question. Don't get... Don't do it. As mentioned, privets are rubbish at keeping things alive. So we like anything that's low maintenance in our house. Um, that's not why Abby married me, but don't worry. Um, so we've got cactuses. Cacti's. Cacti- c- how do you say it? Cactu- a lot of cactuses. Succulents. Fine. We've got lots of them. We've got loads of them in our house because they're really low-maintenance. And other things that are quite low-maintenance are evergreens, yeah? Evergreens, we've got a few evergreens. They look great all year round. They survive any weather. They look like they're alive. They never lose their leaves, do they, really? Or their petals, whatever they've got. You with me? They don't laugh. Why is someone laughing? Whatever this is. I'm not a gardener. Leave it alone, Richard. Is that a tree? Ah, oh, it's a tree, guys. There you go. Learned something new. They are constantly alive, aren't they? They look alive. They don't lose their life. They don't lose their color. They're beautiful. And this, for me, as I read scripture, I was like, I'm reminded of when I see that we never lose our leaves, that our salvation is secure, right? Our salvation is determined. It's, it's in Christ that's exciting when I read this I was like wow what a promise I read this thing and I was like well I'm a tree I'm a tree, what sort of tree am I? I'm an evergreen tree I'm beautiful, I never lose my colour right? I, never, I never die 1 Corinthians, Paul says this right. once I was mortal but now I've put on immortality yeah, we have immortality because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, a God that lasts forever that wants to be with us in relationship forever that's a beautiful thing that should bring us to a place of worship, shouldn't it? I think. I chat with someone last week who James's talk um, was fantastic for them because they've grown up with an understanding that they're not good enough. They grew up in a quite a religious environment where people told them, you're going to go to hell if you're nasty, if you're bad, all that sort of stuff. And they've, it's just been imprinted on their mind. And so they've always had this question Oh, have I caused the unforgivable sin? Am I not good? Am I forgiven? I think many of us can kind of struggle with that at times. Am I really forgiven? But you are. You are. You can have that assurance of faith that Christ died for you. You are free. You're an evergreen. You live forever. That should bring you to places of worship. That's really important that that brings you to a place of worship, by the way. Because it's out of that that everything else flows. It's out of that gratefulness and thankfulness that everything else flows. How would someone describe you as a follower of Jesus? Like this? Or like this? Are you beautiful? Do they see joyful confidence in you, that you've got life everlasting? In the winters, when stuff is tough and things are dying around us, right, whether that's metaphorical or real, are you alive? Do you show life in all its fullness, church? Because that's attractive. That says something to the world, doesn't it? It shouldn't just be about us. We're not just going to heaven like, we got in, phew, shame about everyone else. It's not just an assurance of faith for us, but we should be signposts as well of that life that Jesus has offered us. Your position in Christ leads to your purpose and mission. Your position, this is your position, it actually says something about your purpose and your mission as well. It says, doesn't it, that your leaves will never fail. The leaves will serve for healing. And what are those leaves? Those leaves are the leaves of the gospel. It's that simple. Just as we receive the leaves of the gospel, we have leaves on us of the gospel as well. Medicinal, hope-filled. Do do you believe that we live in a world that is in darkness? Spiritually. Do you believe in a world that is in chaotic and social chaos? Do you believe in a world that is so far removed from what God intended, it saddens you? Because it should. Because if it doesn't, we're just in a club that just serves our purposes. We should be looking at the world and feel desperately in love with it, but also so sad for it as well. You have healing in your leaves. You have the remedy. You have the remedy. In Isaiah 1.30, it says this about people that don't know God that they are like an oak whose leaf fades and a garden that has no water. An oak whose leaf fades and a garden that has no water. I was chatting to Claire, she's not in here now, I was chatting to Claire earlier this week about this talk and she said that her neighbor has an oak tree and below it is an evergreen uh, bush I think or hedge or something. And she said it's, it's really amazing the stark difference when the winter comes around. I just thought about the proximity. That right underneath an oak you have an evergreen and we are in proximity, we are evergreen, surrounded by oaks that will eventually fade and lose their leaves. How does that make you feel? Sad? Worried? The whole narrative of Scripture is redemption. The whole story, the grand narrative of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, you smashed this earlier, Rachel, is that God is saying, I want my people I want my people. And he says, you're part of the grand narrative. Claire talks about this, didn't she? You're the next in line to carry that story on. You have healing in your leaves. You have the gospel in your leaves. We are evergreen, surrounded by oaks. Do you pray for your non-Christian friends to know Jesus? Do you pray for them? Do you offer healing? Are you medicinal? Obi plays a lot of football, my son. And... Uh, therefore I have to stand along the pitch for hours and hours on end and I get to meet lots of dads and mums sometimes Uh, but mainly dads chatting to them and talking about life and usually tv programs and things like that and uh, I could just talk about them you know I I watch them I go to the pub we chat about life as well and that kind of thing but I'm often thinking holy spirit what are you saying (laughs) holy spirit what are you doing If I've got healing in my leaves, I'm just gonna tuck them in my back pocket for the time being. You're the answer in that moment. Jesus is the answer, but you you represent Jesus. This next bit ties in. I love fishing, right? You know that I love, some of you know that I love fishing. There's two kind of types of fishing. There's kind of float fishing, and there's ledger fishing. So float fishing, you know that, you've seen that all before. You float on the surface with a float, it goes down and you have, to watch, you have to watch the float the whole time you have, to be, you have to be aware of the float the whole time, if it moves what have you got near the end of your hook? Ish, right? And you're going what? Weed <laughs> <laughs> So usually yeah. I've had a car tyre out before as well, never mind, it's not the point forget that, if the float goes up and down, you get more bait out and you chuck it out, you keep feeding it you, you look at the knocks on the float Another type of fishing is ledger fishing, where you put a weight on, you cast it out, and nowadays you have these fishing rods that got like an alarm on them, so you pop the rod down next to you. And I've seen people get their phone out or they get a book out. People fall asleep. There was a person a couple of weeks ago who missed a bite because they were asleep and the rod ended up in the water. <laughs> right? And I was just sat there and I thought, the Lord just gave, downloaded this. I felt like he did anyway. I'm sorry, Lord, if it's not you, but if it's me, forget it. Um, I felt like the Lord was just saying... This is what it looks like to follow my spirit to see these moments because we're so distracted by our own stuff our own life going on you know jobs and big decisions stuff like that things that are normal not not denying that that we're not really aware we're not aware where the spirit is saying that's where i want you right there i want you right there do you wake up with that spirit mentality i need you as part of this conversation because i want you to offer to pray for them even if it's not out loud just pray for them in your head someone's crying cry with them someone needs something be generous be kind to them I need you right there Are you with me church I need you that's where the spirit is saying need you a lot of us just live our lives on a Monday morning and I get it I've done it still do it this is why I need to practice this myself we cast the net out and then we walk off and we go on with our own things we're never on out we're never on God's mission we're on our own missions doing stuff you have healing in your leaves you have remedy in your leaves If you're thinking, Jim, that's just not me, I want to challenge you, it is you, Christ is in you, the Spirit of the Lord is in you, that's what his primary function is to do, it is you. You might not be very well practiced at it, but it is in you, the Spirit has been given to you for that very reason. Perhaps it is something else, perhaps it's that the water from the sanctuary that flows to them, that connection with you is not quite there yet. And maybe this year is a chance for you to really work out what does it look like for that connection to grow. Because the evergreens were a reflection of the sanctuary, the water, weren't they? They grew and they had the the desire and the passion, if you like. We We should have the desire and the passion to reflect our Father's heart in every given circumstance. Fruit. Let's talk about fruit. No one took any fruit. It's really disappointing. Anyone want a grape? Do you want a grape? I'm going to throw a grape at you. This doesn't work for those that are watching. But there you go. Look at that. How do you drop that? <laughs> Sorry, whoever's cleaning the carpets tomorrow. Um, fruit. The waters flow from the sanctuary. The presence of God was constantly flowing from the sanctuary. James last week talked about, didn't he, that he was challenged at the youth retreat many, many years ago by Hayley, a girl that some of you will know. You know, can we learn to love God just for who he is? Often we worship him for what he's done, which is fantastic, and that's a key part of worship. But can we learn to love God just for who he is? C.S. Lewis says that God is the all-satisfying object. Just to let you into a little secret, the Holy Spirit's God as well. The Holy Spirit's God as well. You know, if you're not comfortable around someone... And their presence, you don't, you don't get to know them, do you? You don't really, you don't just want to hang out with them. The Holy Spirit is God. Can you be satisfied that you have the Holy Spirit in you that is also working around you? Are we satisfied by the Holy Spirit? Perhaps this is a challenge in and of itself for some of you today. Because our roots determine our fruits. If we don't allow our roots to be in good relationship with the Holy Spirit, how are we going to grow that fruit? How's that stuff going to come out of us? Am I making sense? Good. Thank you, church. Our roots will draw on wherever the source of life is. And we'll draw on all sorts of different sources. And I know scripture is important. I'm going to say to you, they're thinking he's talking about scripture. I am talking about scripture as well, but I'm talking specifically about the Holy Spirit today. Scripture is important. Your roots need to be in Scripture. I need to say that to someone this morning who doesn't get on with the Bible. Get on with the Bible because that's a really important source of life. But I'm talking about the source of life, the river, the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, Paul talks about fruit. I was going to get this. Actually, he kind of talks about two types of fruit. He talks about the fruit, really, of the flesh, if you like, and the fruit... I've just lost my page. (laughs) Hang on, church. Talk about yourselves. It's fine. And the fruit of the Spirit as well. I need to find it now. Hang on. Where's Galatians gone? Here we go. Galatians 5. The acts of the sinful nature and the fruit of the Spirit. So I read this and I thought about Paul was talking about kind of two types of fruit. And none of you have fallen for my trick, which is annoying. But in this bowl, there's some rotten fruit that I've had in my house for two weeks, and it stinks, right? I put the fan on earlier, and Billy was like, I've just got a waft of that. It's horrible. Come up and look at it if you want. And this bowl it has got some amazingly fresh fruit. Thank you, Helen, for getting that ready for me. But there's these two kind of lists, if you like, of the fruit of the Spirit, the sanctuary, the water. Okay, so follow me on this. This is what the water, the sanctuary, the river of God does in our lives. But if we haven't got our source, our connection right, other things get produced. So it's this. And I've done a little bit of an unpack of each one of these words, because sometimes we hear this stuff and we're like, I don't really understand that. It's kind of quite churchy, but what does it mean? So the acts of the sinful nature, flesh, are obvious. The first one is sexual immorality. And we recognize, oh yeah, we know what that means. But I want to just put it this it's just a cheapening, a cheapened version of what God intended sex to be right if you want to know what sex should be like what God intended look at scripture we've cheapened it and so anything that is not what God intended in scripture is is sexual immorality and we can do that on our own and you know what I mean by that and we can do that with other people and other people and other people and other people as well we've cheapened it and that could be the fruit sometimes of the roots where our roots are placed that can lead to all sorts of damage, emotional damage, mental damage and stuff as well. Impurity and debauchery, idolatry. Idolatry, if you can't stop doing it, you can't start working for it, you can't leave it, then it's your idol, okay? there's something in your life that you can't stop doing, you can't stop thinking about it, you can't stop talking about it, working hard for it, it's an idol, it's more important than God and your root isn't in the river. it moves on. Witchcraft, not sure that's an issue, maybe, don't know. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, other verses say temper, conflict, constant criticism, all come from a place of me, 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 me. I've got to get it my way, I've got to win, it's got to be about me. Perhaps that's some of the stuff that you recognise in yourself, I don't know. Dissensions and factions, I've written this down as Basically, personal insecurities that turn people into rivals. Perhaps that's what your life is littered with, people that are your rivals, people that you're against. That's a fruit. It's a rotten fruit. And we all have them, right? Please hear me right. I'll qualify that in a minute. But the fruit of the Spirit, and this is where the rest grow from, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, you might have heard yourself in those lists, and I hope you did, for good and for bad. Because we've all fallen short of the glory of God, okay? No one is perfect. I'm not listing out nasty things, I'm like, how? Oh, you're all north. That's not, not doing that. I put myself in that with you. You look at that in Paul in Romans 1, where the church is looking at all the people on the outside, and they're going, ah, look how bad they are. And then in Romans 2, Paul's like, yeah, you're just as bad. We've all got rotten fruit. But the purpose of the Spirit, if we have good connection with the Spirit, is that he wants to bring good fruit out of us. He wants to restore rotten fruit. I don't know if you can see that on the camera. These oranges have got mold on the back of them. No one fell for it. It wasn't that nasty. I would have told you not to take it. These are good fruits. These are good fruits. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, but the Holy Spirit's job is to do what? Is to restore, to bring back... To bring life, Are you with me? To bring growth of good things in your life. Because why? Because the Holy Spirit wants us to become more like Jesus Christ. And so you'll notice that Jesus held all of the fruits of that in his life. When you read the Gospels and Acts, you read about Jesus, you'll see that he was all those fruits. He didn't just have peace, right? We don't just hang peace or patience on our tree and go, look what God's developed in me, right? He gives peace. He gives patience. Are you with me? He gives gentleness, kindness, self-control. And we are, those fruits are produced in us for us to give to other people. So what are we giving people at the moment? What are we giving people at the moment? In Matthew 12, 33, this is actually a parallel version to what James spoke about last week. at the end of that section about unforgivable sin he kind of addresses the Pharisees again but one of the lines that Jesus used there is a tree is recognised by its fruit a tree is recognised by its fruit he goes on to talk about that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of what's your heart full of is your heart full of the spirit is your life full of the spirit because it will overflow whether it's good or bad and it will show up whether you have healthy or rotten fruit and this fruit, it does two things, right? Are you, are you compelled to eat that bowl? Are you? Y- no? Yes? No? No. It's rotten. But you, you'd like to eat this bowl, wouldn't you? These are fresh. Now the fruits that we produce in our life have power. They either repel people away from Jesus, or they compel people towards Jesus. If they see patience and kindness and goodness and everything else in your life, they're going to go, what have you got that I haven't got? And we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, amen? Yeah. So if people taste us and they go, you're like a rotten orange, what does that say about Jesus? When they taste you, are you tasty, church? When they taste you, I'm not looking at anyone. When they taste you, do they taste and see that the Lord is good? Tina. Do they taste and see that the Lord is good? Richard, Mark, Chris, I can't name everyone, Annalise, Amy, Ben, other people. I love you all. (laughs) But do they taste and see that the Lord is good? Or do they go, oh, I don't like that about you. What does that say about Jesus? Does it compel them towards Jesus? Or does it repel them? Coming into land now, calm down. It's fine. (laughs) So a couple of things for you to think about. Firstly, firstly, We have been given leaves with the gospel, for the gospel, for the purpose of the good news, to share Jesus Christ and what he did for the world. Are you being medicinal? Are you sharing Jesus, either in giving out and living out the kind of stuff that Jesus gave to us? Are we doing that? Are we offering hope? Are we serving people? Are we praying for people? Are we praying to heal people? Maybe that's quite a drastic step for some of you, but I believe that can happen. We can pray for people for healing. I'm sure there are people in your life right now that don't know Jesus that need prayer for healing. What would it be like for you being led by the Spirit to stand with them or even send them a text going, I'm praying for your healing. Yeah? What fruit are you producing? Does it compel people or does it repel people towards Jesus? And some of this, and this is for you to work out, is dependent on where your roots are. In Luke 13, there's the parable of the uh, the fig tree. And... uh, the vineyard owner is fed up with this fig tree that's unproductive, is not producing fruit. He's had it for three years and he's getting fed up with it and he wants to kill it and then the gardener comes along who works in the vineyard, who cares for the trees and he waters them and he fertilizes them and he wants to bring them to peak productivity and peak fruitfulness and this Jesus represents the gardener and the vineyard owner is God. And the compassionate gardener, Jesus, intercedes on our behalf. Now, I know that's a sign for the gospel, but it's a sign for us as well. God has patience with us. He loves us. So if you're feeling feeling convicted, I hope it's not my words. I hope it's the Spirit. But I hope you recognize that perhaps you've got roots in things that are producing bad fruit, and you need to cut that root out or move it towards the river of life and allow the good fruit to be produced. I think so. That's enough. (laughs) How comfortable are we with the presence of the Spirit in our day to day? We might get more comfortable with it here, and I hope we do. But what about the day to day? That's what you're empowered to be—a Jesus follower every day, empowered by the Spirit. What would it look like for you to open your eyes spiritually? Everyone, go, Spirit. Where are the knocks today? Where are the knocks today? Don't let me just cast out because I should, and then get on with my mission. Where are the knocks today? Let's be a church that is constantly on the lookout. Yeah? Offering good fruit to people because we know the Spirit and the Spirit is in us producing good fruit. Offering the gospel to people. Evergreens. People look at us going, What have you got? I want that. Let's pray. Father God, we come before a good and patient God. A God that loves us. God, you love us so much that you sent your Son Jesus to die on that cross, to take away our sin, to take on the full punishment that we deserve, the full judgment that we'll never have to face because of you, Jesus. We are evergreens. Jesus, we praise you because we are evergreens. Only you can do that work. We can't do that. And Lord, you've given us a mission to help other evergreens grow. Lord, I pray for people in this room right now that have got a name or a face that just crops up. And you know that's the Spirit just saying, talk to them. Find out where they're at first. How's life? Spirit, guide us. Let us see the knocks. Let's reach out. Let's bring medicinal healing in our leaves. And Lord, help us as well as we learn more about your spirit. Help us to know what it means to have our roots in that sanctuary water that keeps flowing and flowing all year round. You never, you're the same yesterday, today, forever. You never die. There's fruit to be produced every single month. Lord, help us to get comfortable with what that means to be in your presence every single day producing fruit for your glory and i pray for those that are in the room right now that perhaps have got roots in other things and they see the fruit come up and when we hear those things that are we're known by our fruit it worries us because we know that some of the fruit that comes out of our mouths or in our actions or in our thinking is not of you God, I just pray that they know your freedom. God, I pray that they know that you are a God of restoration and growth, that you want to restore them back to what was intended in the first place. They don't have to do that stuff anymore. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you for what you are doing in us. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. Will we pray for more of you? Because the more of you there is, the less there is of us. And we keep praying that prayer that you must increase and we must decrease so the world might see that you are an amazing God, a loving God. In your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.